Welcome to the United City Church Podcast, where we think God is much less concerned about where you've been than where you're going. We really believe this message will help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Enjoy. What I want you to do is go to the book of Genesis, and we're going to start in verses 18 through 24. If you don't have a Bible, uh, that is fine. It will be up on the screen. As always, I talk about how the Bible is split into two sections. We have an Old Testament and a New Testament. It's a new covenant. We have an old covenant. One was written to uh, Jewish history and Jewish people. The other one was written to uh, to uh, the New Testament people uh, that are the Gentiles. Jesus came, he dies, he resurrects, and he gives his life for all humanity. But we're gonna rest here in the beginning where all relationships started. And I just think it's important and crucial for us to, to start here. So we're gonna start in verse 18. I'm gonna read through verse 24. And this is what it says. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Amen, somebody. Like, I, I can amen that all day. I am so glad that uh, I have my beautiful bride. She is amazing. Uh, and then God says this. He says, I will make a helper corresponding to him. The Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal and every bird of the sky and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. In other words, dudes, he gives the guy responsibility, all right? So God gives man responsibility right off the bat. And he asks him to name the creatures. And the man names all the livestock to the birds, to the sky, to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found corresponding to him. So I was like, this is cool, God. But like, the giraffe is a little bit too tall for me. Uh, the animals are weird. We have anything else that would help us out, God? And then he goes on and says, then the Lord God made... Um, Sorry, he said no helper. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, this one at last. Like, thank you, Jesus. This is a win, God. Goes on and he says, at last, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken from man. And verse 24 says this, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife. And the Bible says, and they. So if you circle things in your Bible, you can write it. You can circle they, because they become one flesh. All right, so he, he sets this up and he says, they become one. They, in other translations, it says that the two would become one. Now, I, I am, this is one of my most fun things to talk about. We just came out of a message series that dealt with uh, depression and anxiety and all the things that most of us struggle with. But I, I do believe that, that relationships are so crucial to life. As a matter of fact, I would say that some of you have done this. You've taken a picture at some point in time in your life and you have hashtagged relationship goals. Like, or you've seen somebody and they have taken this amazing picture and you've been like, goals. Like you ever have those people who will comment on your picture or you comment on their picture and like, oh, I want that. I gotta have that. I need that goal in my life. 
cutest couple fire emoji hashtag. So amazing, right? I, I think that we all have been down there. I have my own special hashtag for my wife, okay? Uh, so some of you guys are like, I don't know where this is going. Like when I post a picture of my wife and I uh, together out on a date because I love uh, to show off how amazing she is, I have my own special hash- hashtag called Hot Wife, Hot Life, all right? And so, you know what I'm saying? If anybody wants to steal that, you can take it. I don't even have a patent on it, all right? So like, Hot Wife, Hot Life. I talk about that all the time, but like, I, I love being around her. And, and you know what's funny is some people, when they see a picture of my wife and I, I always find it interesting. Uh, the other day I was with some people and they saw a picture of my wife on the screen of my phone. And they said, uh, it really cracks up. They go, is that your wife? Like in a really surprising way? Like, no way. Like, is, did you download that off the internet? I had a guy that, no, this is real. I really am married to this person. And I love how people are like, is that your wife? Like it surprises them that I married somebody so pretty. And I'll be honest with you guys. I've spent my entire life trying to figure out how, or not my entire life, but most of our lives trying to figure out how I tricked my wife into marrying me. I have no clue how it happened, but it's so funny. They just get this really surprised look. Uh, It's happened to me probably three or four times in the last three or four months. I'll be with somebody and they'll be like, is that your wife? And I'm like, no, it's a person off the internet. I just needed a cool screensaver with a child. That doesn't, I mean, like I need a child and a woman just to make it look like that I'm married. No, like this is my wife and this is real life. And and, and you know what, when people, and it never fails, sometimes we will have people that will comment like goals or they'll comment with the fire emoji or they'll be like, you guys are just the cutest. And like, they'll just do all these things and we'll just be like, oh, thanks. But, but really what they're saying is I want that. I, I wish that I had that. I wish that my marriage or my relationship was like that. Or I wish that uh, I could marry somebody like that. And, and what we create in our culture is a lot of people who want something that really isn't real. Like, I don't know if you know, but like uh, my wife and I pose for pictures. Like it's staged. Like they didn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like, whoa, like how did you guys get that background to blur? I had Dylan take the picture. That's how. Like, some people are like, how did that happen? Like, I had somebody, we wanted to stand this way. I wanted to get my good side. Like, we, we, we do this so that people can say goals. Hot life. Hot life. And I know that there are so many people who capture great moments. Now, there, there are two photos that I want to show you. And this is the first one. It should pop up on the screen. Now, this is definitely not relationship goals. Um, for some of you, this is real life, all right? Yeah. <laughs> she is dropping her child on the beach. And she's trying. She can't get hold of him. And it's like, oh no, what did we just do? Now, if you've ever taken family photos, this is always a blast because you have people, you got kids crying and kids screaming. They take 400 photos and they send you two. 
You know, and you're like, oh man, I can't wait to see all the photos. And it takes you three minutes to look through all of them. It's because there's only that many good ones. And they have to doctor me up anyway when they take the photos. It's like literally sometimes in life, if I were to look at this on Instagram, I would not be like goals. This would not be like my, my like, this is what I want to be when I grow up. However, this does paint a picture of reality. This paints a picture, if you are a parent, of any picture you've ever taken with your children, that there's just some crazy stuff that happens. Amen? Like, it's just wild and crazy. Now, <clears throat> the next picture um, I want to show you is, this makes me laugh, okay? Um, because there, there are people, um, when, when, if I know this person's Instagram handle, um, I, she takes pictures like this all the time. She's great at capturing moments. I love looking at comments because people are like, oh, that's so amazing. Like, that's so hot. I'm like, yes, it is. They're by a stinking fire. Like, it is hot. You're right. They're outside. Like, I don't know about you, but nowhere in my life did I ever want to think, you know what? It's cold outside. Let's go out of our warm house and let's build a fire. Let's stand in front of it in 30 degree weather and let's pretend like we're going to kiss so that everybody can see a picture of our lives. If you've ever been around like a campfire, it smells. I've been in your clothes for days. So these people did all this work to create all this information for us to be like, oh, goals. I wish I had that in my life. You could have that in your life. If at 10 o'clock at night, you want to leave your warm house, go build a fire, stand in front of it, have a professional photographer come out and take that for you. You could have that. I promise you, you could have that in your life, but this is not reality. It's just not. And so often we base the goals of our own personal relationships on the reality of other people's lives that just really isn't even there. Like most of it is staged. So if you ever look at uh, my wife and I's marriage and you want to have that, I want to explain to you what that is, all right? I want to explain to you what it looks like to have that. Now, I'm married to the most amazing person in the world. She's awesome. She's smarter than I am. She's definitely better looking than I am. She raises our child right. She's a school teacher. She, she does everything that you could ever imagine um, as a human being that is great for our society. She loves Jesus. She loves the church. Um, our marriage is the one single thing other than Jesus that has changed my life. It's the one single thing that's changed my life. And I'll tell you, it's because I married up. Like way, way, like I can't punt far enough to outpunt my coverage. I married way, way up. But I, I'll tell you, our marriage is a journey, not a destination. It's a journey. What we have in our marriage is a journey, not a destination. We have challenges. I'll be honest with you. Our challenge is that I'm stubborn. Uh, I like what I like. I don't like to be told what to do. Um, I can be very demanding. Uh, I expect a lot. I'm a very difficult person to be married to. And that's challenging. 
If I would be completely honest, uh, I, I, she's a saint, all right? Now, don't let the, this beautiful smile of my wife trick you, all right? Like, she is, she's tough. Like, she doesn't back down. She, uh, she has a beautiful face, but she's sarcastic. She will let you know real quick how cool you think you are and how cool you're not that you think you are, all right? Like, she, she has no care that I'm on this platform, that I am a pastor. When I get home, dishes gotta be done. Things have to be taking place. Like I don't get a pass just because I pastor a church. I don't get a pass just because I'm alive. She will hold me accountable to anything that she sees fit. She is tough. She works with first graders all day. She's a saint. Like we have had a road filled with massive miscommunication issues. We have. Uh, I communicate all the time, but in our marriage, I struggle with communication. It's just, I, 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 I tend to sink back instead of having conversations. We have had painful misunderstandings. We have hurt each other's feelings. We've had passionate disagreements because pastors don't argue. They just have passionate disagreements, right? <laughs> this is, I was just, just, we're just, we'll agree uh, to disagree. We're going to disagree. <laughs> We've argued about dishes, how clean I think the house is, as opposed to how clean she thinks the house is. I'm like, I cleaned it. And she's like, this is not clean. There's still stuff on the counter. And I'm like, I have to go back and like, when I don't do it right, I get flustered. I'm like, oh man, I let her down. So I'm like, start cleaning everything. And I still, I'm like, oh. We've gotten arguments about dogs going to the restroom in the house and how I want to kick them out of the house and how we just love the little bitty rat dog that we have at our house. <laughs> We've had arguments about how I drive and about how she drives and how I think that she's a worse driver than me and that she thinks that I'm a worse driver than her and how she does not like to ride with me because it makes her car sick. I think she just wants to take a nap every time. I have no idea. We've thought about directions. Anybody ever been here? Hey, we're going to this place. How do I get there? Well, you go north. You turn on 35, you go to 820, you go west. I don't know any, she's like, I don't know any of that stuff. Just put it in my GPS. Well, if you just knew the stuff, we, and so if, if, if we get lost, like I'm, she'll call me, like, I can't figure out where I'm at. And I'm like, ah, oh. and I've had to learn to not be upset about the, the challenges of directions and just say, but the GPS is leading me this way. And I'm like, you know what? I love you and it's going to be okay. And I, I try to bite my tongue and there's been times where we've gotten in arguments about just directions. Which Chick-fil-A? Because there's 18 million of them in Fort Worth. And they're like on this corner and then across the street. One time we're like, we're going to go to Chick-fil-A. If you go to Alliance, there's one on the Presidio side and there's one on the Alliance side. We both went the opposite sides. Well, you said Chick-fil-A. And I said, I was the only one over here. Well, you said, I, you know, I've ordered food. I've ordered your food. Like we have food at two different places. We've gotten in arguments about how to discipline our child. We've gotten arguments about how much I eat, which is a lot. <laughs> uh, she meal preps. Yeah. 
I prep myself to eat a lot. <laughs> um, we've got an arguments about how fun I am around church people and how non-fun I am at home. It, it, we, we've gotten in these, these arguments. So if you're wondering what that is, hashtag hot wife, hot life, hashtag goals, hashtag marriage goals, hashtag I want what you have, hashtag I gotta have this or I want that, hashtag, no, it, it is a journey. It's a journey. And when, when God tells Adam, I'm gonna bring you somebody, he didn't bring him somebody just like him. He brought him somebody different. And, and, and just to kind of clear the room, in case you're wondering, the person that you may be married to or the person that you may want to marry one day or the person that you may be dating is going to be different than you. They're gonna have different preferences on movies. They're gonna have different preferences on life. They're gonna have an upbringing by their parents that's gonna look different than yours. They're gonna be raised a certain way that you're not gonna be raised. And you're gonna put this all together and you're gonna to come to this crash course of marriage and you're gonna be like, what did I get myself into? And here is the reality. Is that God wants us to live Christ-centered marriages. And today I wanna to talk about what it looks like for us to be Christ-centered. How does that operate? How does that look for us? Now, just because two people are in a relationship do not, does not mean that we are Christ-centered. Just because there are two Christians in the relationship doesn't mean that you are Christ-centered. I, I hear an amen over there because somebody's been in some relationships, all right? <laughs> Just because you have two people who claim they know Jesus does not mean that your marriage or your relationship or your, your bay or your boo thing is going to match up with you in a Christ-centered relationship. No matter who we are, no matter what we do, our lives are centered around something. Some of you, your lives are centered around yourself. We call that self-centered. <laughs> Some of you, your life is centered around your kids. I think it's good to have a relationship with your kids. But a quick point to all of you who have children. If your children see you put your spouse above them, guess what they're gonna do one day? They're gonna put other things above their spouse. A Christ-centered marriage has a healthy balance of it all. Like as a, as a follower of Jesus, when you are in a relationship, whether it's in marriage or in dating, or if you're single, um, I, I'm just here to tell you, the moment you elevate somebody above God, you've created what we call idolatry. Whether that be your kids or your spouse. To live a Christ-centered marriage means that we have to live a particular lifestyle. And some of us have put the lifestyle of others 
and their goals and their hashtags. And we've thought, you know what? I wanna live that way. And the reality is, is that it's staged, it's propped and it's not healthy. You see, a Christ-centered marriage reinforces this one myth, okay? In a Christ-centered marriage, Jesus is the one and your spouse is the two. In a Christ-centered marriage, Jesus is the one and your spouse is the two. I know it's gonna get quiet for a few minutes, but I, I, have, to, I have to push down on this and there, there is a reason why, because uh, in the church, the divorce rate is just as high in the church as it is outside of the church. And so often we believe this myth. We believe that if we have somebody that will complete us, we have somebody who comes alongside us, then our life will be better. But here's, here's what the Bible says in Matthew 22, 36 to 37. It says, teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? And this is Jesus' response back. He said to them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You know what? Your greatest commandment as a person who is either in a relationship or even if you're single and you're trying to figure it out, the greatest commandment is that you love God first. Matter of fact, it goes on and it says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to your life. So if you, if you think, you know what, man, I just want a godly person in my life, start seeking God's kingdom now. If you're thinking I'm married and I, I wanna be more godly, start being godly today. If you're thinking, you know what, I need to get it together and I need to work on my relationship, I need to be better. You need to work on your relationship with Christ first because first through him, he will make sure everything else happens next. And so often what we see is the reverse, our lifestyle, our kids. We don't invest in our marriage because we're like, oh, it's just too, we can't get a babysitter. It's too expensive. It's not expensive enough. I'll tell you why, because you need to be going on dates. And if there's a failure in my life as a pastor that I have struggled with the most, it's that. I have decided, you know what? It, it, it's too costly or it's too this, or I, I, we don't have time. And I have failed to date my wife. And I've just had to come to this conclusion that if I don't date my wife, then my marriage and my family is going to suffer. And it's the reason why we see the divorce rate so high. It's the reason why we see so many people going through these so-called scenarios in life. Now, Christ completes us and our spouse compliments us, all right? So often we think, if I get the person in my life, I will be complete. No, 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 no. You're complete when you follow Jesus. He is everything. You're complimented when somebody comes alongside you and makes you better, amen? Like, if you're a dude in here, make your spouse better. If you're, uh, if you're a lady in here, make your husband better. Like make each other better. Compliment one another. Christ completes us, our spouses compliment us. And now, if you're single, here, I, I, I'm gonna give you a little bit of advice. For those of you who aren't married and want Christ-centered future, I'm going to give you advice, okay? It's gonna pop up on the screen, but here you go. If you want a Christ-centered relationship in the future, start living in a Christ-centered relationship today. 
If you want to have somebody godly in your future, start being godly today. If you're single and you're trying to work it out, you're trying to figure a few things out, you don't have to wait until tomorrow. You don't have to wait till next week. You don't have to wait till next month. You can start being godly today. I know it's difficult as a single person. You want to, especially like you want to do what you want to do. I want to go to the movies when I want to go. I don't want to ask anybody questions. I want to be me. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. I don't need anybody in my business. I don't need any of this. I like being single. That's cool. I, I, I think that there are people, no lie, who are, who are called like by God to live single lives, who do amazing work for God's kingdom. They, they help out our society. But I want to tell you something. Anytime you do your thing apart from God's thing, it's the wrong thing. Anytime. So I know as a single person, like, ah, I'll, I'll, it's okay. Enjoy your singleness, okay? I want you to. Live, live a single life, be fun, uh, but be godly. And I find so often that when you're single, what happens is you think, well, I'll live my life. And then when I get to a certain place, then I'll start being godly. Then I'll find the right person. No, 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 no. If you start being godly now, God will bring you the right person. And, I, and we have it reversed. We're like, oh, if I just, if I get this, this in order, if I just sow my wild oats now, it'll all go away. No, what you did was you just brought a mess into your marriage. And so as a single person, my encouragement to you would be that if you want someone godly in your future, start acting godly today. I would also say this, you don't build a life of righteousness in the future on the foundation of sin today. Pastor Craig Rochelle said that the other day and I was like, man, that's so good. Like you don't build a life of righteousness in the future on the foundation of sin today. Like start now. You don't have to wait to start making those choices. You know, as I started putting all this together, I started thinking like, what's one thing that I could say that I think would help us as a church? Um, and I could give you like three or four points. I could give you all these things that I think would help you. But here's what you'll do. You'll go home and you'll do none of them. Um, but if I gave you one thing to really grab a hold of, one thing that I think could change your life, you know what I would, I would say to you? I would say this. If you're married right now or you're in a relationship, the first thing that I would say for you to do is this. Pray together daily. Pray together daily. It's just a short prayer. Uh, yesterday, my wife went out of town. She went to go see some family um, and some friends. And before she left, uh, we held hands and we prayed. Have I been good at this? my entire life? No. But I didn't want to wait until Sunday to preach something until I ask you to do something that I'm not going to do myself. So I said, you know what? I'm going to start today. That was yesterday. She'll, she'll be back this afternoon. I slept terrible last night um, because I miss my wife. 
But the reality is, is this, like prayer builds something. And some of you are like, man, I, mm, I can't pray. You can talk and you can pray. Um, if you're single, pray by yourself daily. <laughs> it doesn't have to be long. I think we've made it very ritualistic and I've got to say the right words and I've got to say these things and I got to use words that are in the Bible and I've got to, no, like pray daily. Just simplistic prayers. Because if you're single and you start praying now, you will build a foundation for your future spouse. I think this is one of the most underutilized tools to create true spiritual strength is prayer. And I think oftentimes we forget about the power of prayer. We forget about what it does to each other, how we touch the heart of God together, what it, how it builds us up. So our prayer yesterday went something like this, God, I pray that you keep Amanda safe as she travels. I pray that she return home safe. I pray that she have fun with friends and family. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. It was that simple. And what my prayer in this is, is that as we begin to pray better together, that our prayer life grows together. That we're not praying separately or apart, that we are praying together every night before my kid goes to bed, I put my hand on her and I pray over her. As a matter of fact, if I don't, I will be reminded real quick. Dad, you didn't say the prayers. All right, I got you. I'm coming. Like, let's take that down a notch. So I pray over her. When you pray together, you bond. When you when you pray with somebody, there, there's something so spiritual about it. You know, when you pray, you may eventually wind up talking about spiritual things in your relationship because you prayed about spiritual things. Just simple. It may push your kids to pray because they have witnessed their parents pray. And for those of you who are like, man, I don't have kids yet. I'm gonna tell you, if you start now, save yourself a headache in your future. So there are three thoughts on how to pray for your spouse, okay? Super simple. They should pop up on the screen. Number one, keep it short. Keep it short. If it doesn't pop up on the screen, it's okay. You just write it down. Keep it short. Number two, keep it consistent. And number three, if you miss a day, don't miss two. Now, if you're like, I, I, I don't have a spouse to pray for if you're single, here's what you can do. Keep your prayer life short. Keep it simple. And if you miss a day, don't miss two. See, it, it goes on both sides of this whole thing. And I promise you, if you do these things, your marriages your what will be marriages one day, they will become more Christ-centered. 
Our job, our goal is that we become more Christ-like as Christians. Let's not wait till tomorrow to figure it out. Let's not wait till next week to start praying. Let's start today. And maybe you're, if, you're, if you're a guy in here and, and you're like, I, I just don't know, take the risk and take a step of faith and lead. If you are a, a woman in here, like I, I just don't know about, about praying for him. Trust me, he is dealing with more than you know. One of the coolest things is when um, sometimes I get asked to go speak places. Sometimes I, when we speak here, one of the coolest things is when I stand next to my wife and before I walk on a stage, this hand goes on my back and I hear her audibly pray that I be in the will of God, that God would use me that lives would be changed, that hearts would be softened. And it's the cool, like, like when I get on stage after that, I'm, re- I'm ready to go. Like there's nothing that gets me more fired up, that gets me excited than when my wife prays over me. And I get pumped up to preach. I get pumped up to do a lot of things when that happens. Today, my encouragement to you, if you want goals in your life, If you're gonna talk about Christ-centered goals, don't set them next month. Set them today. Thank you for joining us. For more information, you can visit unitedcityfw.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, rate, and even share with your friends. Thanks for being with us today.